Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You're tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Native Texan Jill Riley said her music career started after her mother purchased a copy of Jesse Coulter's I'm Jesse Coulter. She said it changed her life forever and launched her on a long music career. Jill joins us on this edition of Americana Music Profiles to talk about her upcoming release, Common Ground, and the debut single, Cowboy Hats and Cars. Hi, Jill. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm super excited about this one. Ax, thank you. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Um, yeah. Where are we connecting with you at? I am in Marble Falls, Texas, staring at the lake at Marble Falls oh, in beautiful. my motel. In my, not motel, hotel room. Yes, okay. it is beautiful. <laughs> beautiful day. It's awesome to sit on the edge of this lake. I think it's actually the Colorado River that pours down into this lake, ah, and cool. uh, but I'm in I'm in air conditioning. So. Oh, good. <laughs> well, you get the best of both worlds, right? You get. I the... do. It's, it's perfect. Got a guitar <laughs> sitting right here. It's awesome. Yes. Well, I noticed uh, when we made the connection, you had a, a, t- a Tennessee exchange, and so I, I wondered if maybe that was. I, I know you're a Texas native, but I wondered if maybe you were uh, in a different place at the time. I, I, yes, I live in Nashville. I live in Franklin, which is south of Nashville. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm a Texasian, however you say that. Yeah. Okay. And and yeah. <laughs> born and raised, right? All all that good stuff. Born and raised in Texas. Yes. Went out to Nashville in the mid '90s and have been in and out. I uh, was in L.A. for a little bit, back in Texas a little while, and then came back to Franklin about 2014, I think it was. Yeah. Was that uh, professional moving around, chasing music, or, or some other part of your life? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit of all of that. Okay. <laughs> um, I moved back to Texas to build another yet another company with my father. We built a natural gas company before I moved out to Tennessee. Okay. And then I came back to Texas for a little while to kind of take a break from Music Row and the whole deal. And I built a, a power company, believe it or not. I'm one of those weird left-brained artists. 
Okay. <laughs> Left brain songwriters. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Go yeah. figure. Yeah. So, and I love. Man, I'm, I'm so split. I love Texas so much, and I. But I love Tennessee too. I don't. I'm just gonna have to share my time, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's it's wonderful to live in a a world where we can we can live that way. If that's if that's what turns you on, you know, it's that you yeah you yeah. can just yeah. get get on a plane or get in a car and bounce, and there you are. You know, that's so cool. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. When did um. When did music creep in for you as a young person? Music creeped in for me when I was five years old, standing on the front porch of my granny's house, and I had the water hose as a microphone, and the grass was my audience. (laughs) And I could feel, I don't even know what I was singing, but I could feel someone watching me. And I looked over, and sure enough, she was peeking around the corner. So when my mom came to pick me up, she, she sat me on the counter and said, Donna Sue, listen. Donna Sue's my mom, uh-huh. uh, which is in one of the songs on the album. Uh, she says, "Donna Sue, listen to her. I think she can sing." And the minute she said that, it was like a five-year-old knew wow. what she was going to do. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, from that moment on, huh? Wow, that's from so cool. that moment on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did did it um, did it become something you pursued at that point, or just one of those things that stuck with you and and you found yourself chasing it one day? You know, I, I think I did a first grade play and sang Happy Days Are Here Again, and I think I was a sunflower. So that was my big debut. And then <laughs> cool. uh, this is also on one of the songs, uh, uh, one of the songs on the record, actually, the title song, Common Ground. When I was 10 years old, my mother put a Jesse Coulter record on, and that was that. Mm. I knew this is what I was going to do. Mm. And between the sound of her voice and the sound of steel guitar, I was ruined. I'm just like, mm. no, there's no, I have to do this. Mm. I, I wanted to be an astronaut because my mom set me, took me by the shoulders and put me in front of the console TV and said, look at this. I was four years old. Look at this. These men just came back from the moon. I was like, what? How do mm. you, how do you do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, wow. But then Jesse, Jesse stole my heart and set my path and, and um, I, I think probably from that moment, it was just set in stone. This is what I was going to do. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. When yeah. when did it? When did you start to pursue it a little more seriously? Uh, you know, professionally, did you did you do it in high school, college? How did all of that play out for you? Well, I started writing songs when I was twelve, and when I say that to this day, I look back and go, "Why did you not have better things to do?" But they just songs would come, and that's still. I, I say that I don't ever remember wanting to be a songwriter. Hmm. A songwriter is something I wake up and find out that I still am, whether hmm. I want to be or not. Wow. And I do want to be, but really, it's just something that was there. Mm-hmm. But um, as God would have it, he he sets across the street from us a coach's wife that had the vocal talent of, I mean, the level of Linda Ronstadt, Pat Mm. Benatar. And I'm Mm. really not exaggerating. And I would have been about 14 by then. And and my mom was realizing she's really going to. Like this is in her, mm-hmm. and she's going to do this, mm-hmm. and and music is in my mom too, and um, but my mom was raising five kids, you know, so I'm sure she, <laughs> she was like, here yeah. you go do this, yeah. But anyway, this 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 was became her best friend, and this best friend came across the street with a stack of Carly Simon, Nicolette Larson, mm-hmm. Carol King, wow. the Beatles, and all the good stuff, <laughs> all the good stuff, yeah. and drew out the shapes of the chords. That was my only guitar lesson. Just drew them out on a piece of paper. Where this is the shape of a D. This is and off wow, I off cool. I went. You know, or that or that was the yeah. kind of next level. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, a really cool story about her is some health issues have taken her ability to sing uh, in the last several years. But she came out to a show that we did in Lubbock, Texas. And I have not seen her in years. And it was a shared show with a local artist named Junior Vasquez and his wife and son. And they're just amazing. And they do all those Laurel Canyon songs, mm, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and they do them to a T and we just sat there and sang together this, this woman, this mentor of mm-hmm. mine, Carolyn, it was, it was quite a moment on this tour. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. So yeah. from, did you, is there a moment when you, you kind of formed your first band or was all, was this just kind of always your trajectory and this is what was going to happen? Yeah, it was it was it was what was going to happen. I, when I was 15, my mom was a paralegal. She wound up being a paralegal for about 30 years and she came to me and said, "Okay, it's clear you're going to do this, but you're going to need to learn the legal side and the business side and hands me a little stack of books." And um that was a rare thing, you know, most uh-huh. songwriters just international completely blind, but my my mother's what a, great wi- a wise one. Yeah. yeah. And so I read like Donald Passman's uh, All You Need to Know About the Music Business. It's stuff that Belmont, you know, the mu- music school teaches mm-hmm. that she had gotten a hold of. But um, anyway, so that kind of, and that, that kind of appealed to this left brain business side too. Mm. But I, I just, I knew, I, I, you know what, I drew a line in a world atlas that I have. I have an office on Music Row in the old RCA building, which... I have a history there, and I've just recently moved back in there. Anyway, this world atlas is, uh, it belonged to my mom, and you know, the atlas has a bunch of pages, right? It's like mm-hmm. one state per page. Mm-hmm. And so I drew a line from the little bitty town I grew up in, in the panhandle of Texas, to Nashville. And like when I was like seven, eight, nine, I don't even oh know. <laughs> but I mean, I just knew I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do this thing, yeah. Wow, what determination! Yeah, <laughs> I started to say, and maybe maybe they shouldn't, but I wish every kid could have that kind of a a vision for their life. We have so many people that that seem like they're still searching, even as adults, sometimes to find who they are. And it just to yeah, be able to have that kind of vision at that age is so yeah. cool. It's um, it's a passion. There's even a Bible verse that that people misinterpret that says, "Raise up a child in the way he should go, and he won't, and when he gets older, he won't depart from it." Uh huh. And people interpret that as like he'll do the right thing. It's really about what you just said. It's Uh like help him find the vision for his life, and even when he's old, he won't depart from it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And speaking of old, I'm I'm getting older, and uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I really love that because you know I I I just think writing songs in, in your older age or past 50 age yeah you just bring a lot more wisdom to the table and a lot more insight oh, to the table and yes you know, for sure in, shape, in multiple walks in much better way. <laughs> yes yes say that again in multiple walks of life um yes totally the 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 wisdom of of um older people is being ignored way too much these days I'm it afraid. totally is and and it's it's why I love to interject it in the in the, in the arts. I, and I was going to say, you know, I went to Nashville in the '90s and did the whole music row thing. Had a publishing deal with uh, Ronnie Millsap's com- company, and his his producer Rob Galbraith, mm. and did about eight 
eight years, worked as a mastering engineer and, and a studio manager for Randy Kling, who was the mastering engineer for RCA and all the outlaw sounds, oh, so literally wow. Jesse Coulter and Waylon. I mean, it was just a crazy, you know, small world thing. But um, I, I, even in recent years, I, have, I realized back then there was something that was kind of like handcuffs on me. Hmm. And it was just simply that I was not, 90s nashville mm. that just wasn't wasn't my sound and i would try to be that and mm-hmm. the more i tried the less i was that and the mm-hmm. less i was me mm-hmm. and i kind of had to come out of it really and and even go back to texas do something different and then as i returned to it i'm like well that i'm, I'm i was an outlaw because <laughs> yeah. that's what Waylon. that's what the outlaw movement was about sure. was like we're going to come here and do what we do but we're going to do what we do yeah Right. Yeah. And so, you know, with the Americana genre, it's, uh, I feel like that just opened doors to such freedom mm-hmm. to just be you. you yeah. Know? Yeah. And it, so. it's really cool to see how artists, young and old, have embraced the Americana umbrella. Everything from, from basic, uh, I don't mean basic in, 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 um, it's not probably a good choice of words, but basic string music, the the roots themed, just you know, no, that's good. stripped, yeah. stripped yeah. down all the way to you know the stage acts with the five piece bands and and the the pure outlaw country. I mean that umbrella is it covers all of that, but there's so many artists in there that have kind of starting to find themselves, have found themselves, and and really just doing it their way. But so many people are responding yeah, to I- it. Yeah, I'm so thankful for it because, you know, for every artist that sounds a certain way, there's a whole people, there's a whole people group or a bunch of people who resonate with it and Mm -hmm. needed to hear it. That's what I love about the genre. Having been there in the 90s when there was still that that control from the earlier days and, and starting for the the music industry as a whole to kind of start to begin to lose that control. Were you aware of it then that, that, that kind of um, the, the clamps were being broken away and people were being able to kind of create their own, their own sound finally. Well, not, yeah, not only did I, did I sense it coming and feel it coming musically in the mastering studio, we, we were, made pretty all the time to the technology that was coming down the pike you know it was all it was just on a shelf and they're just throwing at us <laughs> at at us all the time and kind of a funny story is we did a presentation in studio a one time for music row to explain what dvds were and that they were coming and that we were going to author dvds mm. and and the response was blockbuster will never let that happen mm. They will never empty their shelves and trade out VHS for DVD. Mm-hmm. And that really is how stubbornly people would stand on the old standard. We're like, yeah. it, it's all coming. So, you know, even not knowing about Napster, but knowing we're going to advance in technology, whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. And someday that's going to be digital and it's going to be an on-demand sort of thing, you mm-hmm. know. So, yes, I, I did. Yeah, I did see it coming. But then there was a. There seemed to be a, it wasn't just East Nashville, but there there was like a movement in East Nashville that sort of just said, we're, we're coming out. Those creatives were going to come out of there and be who they were, you know, for mm-hmm. um, Liz Rose, who I moved 
to Nashville. I had a I had a trio in Texas with Liz Rose's ex-husband and my ex-husband, mm. and we all moved together. And her daughter, Caitlin Rose, is one of those that came out of East Nashville. And that's when I, I was like, okay, this thing is busting loose. And, mm-hmm. you know, all this diversity is coming forth. And Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So along the way, you've been able to uh, record how many projects? Uh <laughs> That's I laugh because I have many uh, started projects. Okay. <laughs> I should put an album out of a compilation of all the started projects. There you go, greatest hits. But that, uh, yeah, that haven't a, been yet, a, right? <laughs> a, bo- a box set of that's right. <laughs> nearly near pro. There were near record deals, and you know, and and really that stuff started happening in the in the late nineties, and things were really kind of getting confused for everyone. At that point, I mean, mm-hmm. labels were folding. You know, nothing, nothing was, wasn't real sure uh, footing. But, but before I ever moved to Nashville, so in 1993, I was in Dallas, Texas, or the mid cities, and I was kind of weighing out: should I go to Austin for a while? Should I go to Nashville? Should I go to? But there was still that. No, I've known since I was a little kid. It's Nashville. I'm going to Nashville. But be but during that time, this idea came for the current project, and so the current project is a twelve-song story album about my wild and wonderful cattle ranching family from Hansford County, mm. Texas. Up in my great grandparents raised ten kids out on the high plains and survived wow. both the dirty thirties and the Great Depression. Wow! And it is a story that needed to be told. Mm-hmm. And I know that now, and I, I I needed some age to do that. But then in 93, I was like, I can't get far enough away from the cowboy culture I grew up in. And <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be a hippie songwriter, and I don't want to do a cowboy project. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so I just totally shunned the whole idea. And then when I kind of when I came back to Texas, kind of take a break from Music Row, I, I wound up living in a downtown Fort Worth apartment and i love the city of fort worth and if if people don't know about fort worth and no matter what they think about dallas or the rest of it go go uh you know take fort worth in Hmm. but so my cattle ranching family would load up a train in dodge city with the cows and the boys as one of the songs says the song is fort worth and they would come into the stockyards in fort worth they would trade their cattle. They would check into the Worthington and downtown Fort Worth. They would order Cadillacs and have them delivered. And these, this wild bunch of cowboys would race those Cadillacs all the way back to the Panhandle of Texas. And I'm talking about like in the ditches, mm. in the pastures. I mean, oh they, they were that bunch, right? Wow. <laughs> so these were my heroes. This is my. This would be my grandfather's generation. Yeah. Wow. And. Um, so living in that apartment and look at the, that overlook downtown, all that came rushing back. And I just said, you know, you've really got to do that. And I still procrastinated on it. And then I moved to L.A. and wrote a song, which is kind of the, the main point of the project uh-huh. is, is, is in this song. And it's called Adrian Elaine, which we're releasing. Let's see. OK, so we released one song, 7-7. Seven, seven. We're releasing the next one on 8-8. Eight, eight then one on 9-9, nine, nine, and then the oh, whole album cool. on ten ten, And I, I've been telling live audiences, that's as much so I'll remember as so you'll remember. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. But anyway, Adrian Elaine came. I, I 
got to LA and said, okay, I'm going back to songwriting. I'm going to start focusing on it. I'm going to have a songwriting day per week. And the very first day I sat down and wrote that song and I just Mm. went, okay, this album is not going to leave me alone until I just sit down and write it. Mm. So eventually I locked myself in a house in Angel Fire, New Mexico, another little favorite place and just said, I'm not coming out of here until these songs are written. Mm. Mm. And finally I, I had it done. Yeah. Wow, that's neat. Yeah, it's 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 been a long haul, but all all for good purposes. Even COVID, we tried to release this in 2020, and that just was not going to happen. We just had to say, forget it. <laughs> we got to put this back on the shelf and uh-huh. wait. So, so you've been yeah. sitting on it for a little bit then. Long time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. What What was the motivation for now? Why did this feel like the right time? Uh goodness i mean i've done i've done some other things with it you know i was already headed this direction but my dad who i built the businesses with passed away in july and he so believed in it and Mm. and i really was i was already planning to release it but Mm. i think that also lit a fire you Mm -hmm. know it was it was another one of those things of i mean grief is grief it just is and it has its way with you but he would say okay grieve that's fine but get off your butt and go do this, you yeah, know? Yeah. So, yeah. And you mentioned, uh, you're, you're not in Nashville. You're somewhere else. Is this part of a tour? Are you out with this, some of this yes. music now? Okay. Yep. So, we're, so we're doing, uh, my husband and I, uh, are doing a two month, um, and it's funny cause it's kind of a wild looking sea. And the last name of this cattle ranching family is cluck like a chicken, mm. believe it or not. Mm. And, and it was actually German. It was von Kluck with a K and, and it got shortened some, somewhere down the line. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, and my great grandfather actually grew up right outside of Lebanon, Tennessee, which is right outside of Nashville. Uh-huh. And so anyway, if you listen to the record, all these stories are on there, but, um, Anyway, we're doing this kind of crazy looking sea. So we did uh, we did Oklahoma, Arkansas, the Panhandle of Texas. Now we're in Lubbock, which is Panhandle, and then we're coming through the hill country of Texas, which I am in love with. And then we go back up and do Louisiana, Mississippi, Muscle Shoals, Alabama, and then right back up to our backyard. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, are you doing this as a duet, or do you have some accompanying musicians that are no, it's um, uh, it it's you know we're just doing well. We're we're, th- we're doing the album. My husband is playing guitar. He's an amazing artist and songwriter too. But mm-hmm. on this one, he's he's just being the guitar guy on this one. And then next year, we're gonna hopefully come around and do his, and I'll I'll be the background singer on okay. that one. But um, yeah, we're we're um, we've done a variety of shows we did a show in the so i recorded this album in amarillo texas Mm -hmm. and used amarillo musicians uh who i totally respect there's quite a little hidden scene that people don't realize is there and i I did that because i wanted to really pull the sound of the region and Mm -hmm. i will never regret that i'm really happy with the result of that so we did a concert in the studio that uh, we recorded in it's called covenant recording uh, Glenn Storley is the owner there, so we've done, we've just done this variety of shows, but we're having a blast out mm, here. That sounds fun. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Do you have uh, another project on the horizon that you're working on? You know, I, somebody asked me this uh, 
just two nights ago, how many songs do you have that you haven't put out? And I have 80 oh that my. I have not recorded that wow. I feel I need to record. So, wow. so you <laughs> so really yeah, do have lots, a box lots set. Lots of projects to come. <laughs> I do have a box set, yes. <laughs> you know, I think I'll probably, you know, we're in a different day now. And so you can release them as a single or as yeah. a three-song EP or whatever. Yeah. And I think I'll just just kind of keep cranking them out yeah that's awesome well i i appreciate you telling me your stories and uh it's been fun getting to hear about this record um it's exciting i'm i'm gonna go listen to the rest of it i i got a few advanced singles to listen to but uh i just just the little bits and pieces of your stories i just i want to know the rest of the story so thank you for sharing this yeah, it's awesome. It's it's fun to share these stories, and I think it's a, a an important time in our history to share sure. these stories. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you, Joe. What's I the... say? What divides a, a what divides a family divides a nation. That's so true. It's, a, You're it's right. all about family. Yeah. yeah. Um, how can people find you? Um, can uh, find the music and uh, get in touch. So, commongroundalbum.com. and uh, if you're a Facebooker, it's Jill Riley official. If you're Instagram, I don't do Instagram too too much, but I've got some stuff out there that is commonground.album. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jill. I appreciate you taking yeah. the time to, to talk with us. I enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.